everybody what's up uh welcome back to the ball and breakfast podcast uh with wayne i'm patrick uh another rendition here sticking to the nfl um if you haven't already go on youtube check out our chicago bears um off-season review we go over free agency uh leading into the draft which will all start uh, a couple weeks from now march 15th and then you know the draft at the end of april so if you haven't checked that out, go in, take a look, see what you think. Uh, you know, feel free to rip our you know ideas apart. We're happy with that, but um, excited for football. And with that, we're parlaying you know all of that analysis and some of those insights into today's episode, where we're going to talk about NFL free agency, um, unrelated to the Bears. Uh, just looking at free agency wide, you know, some of the top names in the league. Um, you know, looking at what we consider the top ten offensive players on the board tonight and uh, we're going to go through each player piece by piece and then both recommend a team that we think is the right fit for them and uh, we'll ultimately put you know our predictions down on a big board uh wayne and i have had a bet in the past that uh ended in a malort shot but uh you know whoever wins this one uh who gets the crown uh we're gonna have a consequence for the loser perhaps it's malort or perhaps wayne can uh Maybe throw out an idea as we, uh, you know, stream this, uh, you know, in in real time right now. But uh, I guess without further ado, um, let's just let's just go through the board. We'll go through our top ten players, starting with number ten, and uh, we're gonna put Miles Sanders up on the board. And uh, Wayne, why don't you kick it off? Thanks, Pat. Yeah. So with Miles Sanders, uh, you know, he's maybe not as exciting as some of the other running backs uh, like, you know, that, that we'll be talking about later, the Saquons, the Josh Jacobs, et cetera. Uh, but he's still a very, you know, solid running back. Uh, had almost what, three, 1,300 rushing yards last season, albeit, you know, uh, how much do we want to attribute that to scheme as well as, uh, you know, having one of the best offensive lines. That's always the fun question, I think, with running backs, right? Um I have him going to uh, the Lions, actually. I think that's like one team uh, that I saw seems like a good fit overall. Um, you know, I don't know if uh, if uh, the Lions will be uh, re-signing uh, it Jamal Williams. So I know he got a bunch of you know rushing touchdowns, uh, but, you know, I'm wondering if they're looking to see if they can upgrade on there. So I have Miles Sanders going to the Lions. Um, had some maybe some other interesting takes or some other uh, teams that I, I think he might be interested in. Uh, obviously, you know, one one thing or one team I was looking at was possibly the Panthers just because of their lack of running back death. Um, you know, they could possibly, you know, I don't know the cool thing to do is obviously draft one, but, um, you know, I definitely see, you know, maybe the Panthers as being another one. But for me, formal pick, uh, I'm going to go with the Lions here. Pat, what do you think? Who do you got? Um. Yeah, I don't want to see Miles Sanders in our division, uh, you know, especially if it's replacing one of their two backs. I mean, Swift's been out, you know, year after year, it seems, with injuries, and it's just kind of hampering, you know, his ability to be, you know, consistently productive for the Lions. Um, I feel like Jamal Williams is just such a great cultural fit for the Lions. I, I watched the hard knocks from last year, and I swear to God, this guy was like crying in the huddles, you know, trying to rally his team up. You know, throughout the year, he just kind of took over as a, you know, an every down back and as a leader of the team when they went on their, you know, really nice run at the end of the year. Um, if I was Detroit, I'd love to at least have Jamal back, whether I bring in Miles or not. Um, but in any case, I picked a different team and for somewhat different reasons. But um, I've got Miles Sanders going to the Atlanta Falcons. 
Um, they have the second most cap space available right now. And, you know, we saw what Tyler Algier could do last year in his rookie season. I mean, big, strong back. I mean, he's, he's pushing lines back. He's, he's kind of a bruiser. He'll go through the tackles and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just think from a team perspective, you know, they're going to have money to spend, but I feel like they also need some sort of leadership. They need somebody who can come in, be a veteran, you know, show an organization how, you know, you know, true winning gets, you know, established. Uh, you know, I think he brought a lot of that last year uh, to Philly. He's beloved by the fan base. I think he's one of those kind of maybe cultural guys, glue guys that could be, you know, really uh, a great leader for Tyler, um, you know, first and foremost. But again, like you were saying, he was top five in rushing um, last year, just in pure yardage. I mean, he's still a productive player. And, you know, it seems like uh, Atlanta is just trying to establish some sort of identity. I mean, still looking at the quarterback position, whether it's going to be Desmond Ritter, you know, they, they released Mar- Marcus Mariota. Kyle Pitts needs to have a bounce back here. But, like, if you could just have, like, a stabilizer back there, I just feel like Miles Sanders would be kind of a nice fit for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you brought up cap, uh, cap space. Uh, and, you know, there could be just definitely a, sm- a snowball effect of uh, some other running backs going off the board and going to other teams. So, you know, that 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 does seem like a good pick, uh, although it is wrong. So, uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do like the pick. I, I like your rationale. I think it makes sense uh, for Miles Sanders uh, specifically. You know, again, if if some of the other running backs uh, on the top of the board go to other teams or resign, then it's like, well, what other teams have good cap space that also need a running back? You know, Falcons, you know, probably are a perfect fit in, the, in that sense. Gotcha. Um, for number nine, we have Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Wayne, where's this guy going? Ah, Jimmy G. You know, I've I've kind of like had a uh, bouncing back and forth. I think between teams for him, um, I have him. I, I I can't see him. I guess anywhere else besides going to the Raiders. You know, uh, reuniting with uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, I it's just one of those sick things. I feel like for Raiders fans, it's like, hey, you know, might as well just go for Jimmy G and just kind of like make this full circle thing happen, I guess, with, uh, you know, being all Patriots and stuff like that. Um, but this te- the team is very much built to win now, I think is kind of how I look at it as. And, you know, they want, if, they, if their team is built for now, then, you know, they're not going to be looking at uh, drafting a, a quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know how much belief they have in Stidham or whatever. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to go the Jimmy G route. Uh, you know, have him team up with uh, Devontae Adams and everything. I I feel like that's just the way to go. And then yeah, having that familiarity with uh, McDaniel's to me, I, I think it just makes sense. Uh, so, but yeah, what what's your take, Pat? I think he needs to go to a place that has a large population of porn stars that he can date. So um, not Vegas. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I just completely messed up my prediction that I actually wasn't thinking about Vegas. Damn, wait, you just ruined my prediction. I think Vegas might be the one of the best spots for, for porn stars. But uh, you know, if it's not Cali, I just see this guy being, you know, big time, big city. I got him going to the New York Jets. And uh, I feel like you and I discussed this last. You know, season we were breaking down the Jets, what their needs are right now. They need a guy that they can just plug in there, be a veteran, you know, really help Zach Wilson or even Mike White uh, at this point. I think just having somebody there that can show, you know, younger quarterbacks the ropes would be one thing, but also having enough talent to, you know, push them over the hump, get them into the playoffs, you know, make them a respectable franchise. Um, I think they're going to strike out. 
Um, we'll get to it later, but I think they'll strike out on some of the bigger names. And ultimately, um, you know, they'll find they'll find a fit there in Jimmy G. And it also doesn't, you know, completely put the uh, the rug over the Zach Wilson experiment for them. I I feel like personally, I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. And, you know, you probably feel the same way. But it's kind of like if you're that franchise, do you do you think inside that brain trust they are readily able to admit like, hey, we effed up here hard. This guy's not the not the answer, not a solution. We just like. We want to bail on this ASAP. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it, it, if it's up to Jimmy G, um, you know, between the say maybe the Raiders and and the Jets, um, I, 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 if I were him, I would probably pick the the Raiders in terms of the team build and everything built to win now, having familiar, familiarity with Josh McDaniels. Um, but if for whatever reason, maybe the Raiders, you know, they're like, Hey, we don't want you. And, <laughs> you know, uh, then the jets, I, I think makes sense next for him. I, that's, I, I had them as like my, uh, kind of a backup, if you will, for, uh, for Jimmy G, uh, kind of, yeah, filling that role almost to the way that he was kind of like there for, he signed like that one year deal, I think for like with, with Trey Lance around and everything. And then, you know, that whole, uh, thing, uh, kind of happened, you know, getting injured and then Brock Purdy stepping in. So, you know, it, it makes sense. I think uh, I'm glad. I think you know, it refers to things like okay, maybe those are like the secondary teams they were kind of thinking of for uh, the respective free agents that we're mentioning. So I think Jimmy G, yeah, makes uh, he he would make sense uh, for the Jets. Uh, you know, kind of again maybe filling that role that he did with the 49ers, um, and they do have you know the cap space for that too. So. Yeah. I also see, you know, Robert Sala, you know, leading the Jets as well, the familiarity there in San Fran together. Um, you know, you got a leader on the D side, maybe bringing over Jimmy G. They have that common understanding, you know, amongst each other. I don't know what the relationship is there, but in the same sense, some familiarity has to be good. Somebody who, you know, Sala feels comfortable putting in, you know, every single week. But um, no, I think that's I think that's pretty fair on both sides for Jimmy G. Um at number eight, we have Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Wayne, what do you got? Juju. Uh, I mean, he he's one of the, you know, I, I mean, he's probably the top receiver, at least in the free agency list, um, you know, in terms of also if you factor in uh, age as well, uh, you know, if, uh, he's probably, you know, geared up for a little bit more of a long-term contract, had that one-year deal with the Chiefs. Uh, I know that I guess there's been internal talks about it, uh, having him re-sign and everything. Uh, but I think he's like, you know, I spent that one year at the Chiefs for a reason, got got my ring, got my chip. Now let me, you know, get some bags. So that's, I think, where he's going to go. Um, I have him going towards the Giants. Uh, I think the Giants, you know, there's definitely a lot of talk that they're going to re-sign uh, Daniel Jones. So it's like, okay, who, who's he going to throw to? Uh, you know, they just released uh, Kenny Galladay and everything, even though he wasn't doing so much. Uh, you know, so that's going to free up some space there. Uh, but yeah, they really don't have too many, uh, I guess, notable wide receivers. There's some wide receivers here and there, like, you know, James, I, I know, um, had a pretty, pretty good year with him, but overall he just needs more wide receivers. And you know, I think bringing in someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's still is like one of the better route runners out there. I think it makes sense for, for him to join, uh, you know, Dable too with, with Jones and, and also be, you know, in that New York limelight a little bit. So. Um, I think for me, Juju Schuster to the Giants makes the most sense. Got it. Um, yeah, this one was tough for me. I was split between two teams. Uh, I thought Tennessee on the surface might be a good one just because they 
you know, have some cap space. They have a need there, you know, after losing AJ Brown the year before, um, just a place that could, you know, spend a little bit of money. And I know they've gone pretty crazy with cuts to start off the off season with some pretty memorable, uh, you know, type of names for them, at least in, in, you know, their, uh, system, you know, guys like Taylor Luan and, uh, you know, others, but, um, I actually, I'm, I'm going to stick with KC here, um, reluctantly. I mean, I feel like I'm agreeing with your points. Like if there was a time for him to cash in, it would probably be right now. I mean, he only signed a one-year deal with them, which was pretty disappointing. I think for, for a guy like him, um, I think in general, he's probably a trusted wide receiver too at this point, but you know, 78 receptions, 900 plus yards, a Super Bowl victory. Why would you want to stay? I just feel like for me, he's always played with, you know, winning teams. He probably enjoys that winning culture to be Mahomes, like most trusted wide receiver going forward, even if it's just for, you know, a three-year deal, a four-year deal, whatever it could be. I think just riding out that experience and, and being, you know, on that journey with Patrick Mahomes is something that's really attractive. I would think for any wide receiver, it might even up his value in the long term too, just in, you know, in general, I think he's um, 26 years old, if I have that right. So, you know, if you can bank a couple, you know, more seasons of just high productivity under Patrick Mahomes, maybe you can, you know, go back out into free agency a little bit later on in his career and get that final deal. But um, yeah, I, I thought about this one pretty hard because I, I do see the money argument, um, but I just feel like winning will, will uh, win out in the situation. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, it is really hard, you know, it, it, I think it's definitely fun for Chiefs, uh uh, fans slash GMs out there just like trying to figure out this whole like you know how we're going to manage all this cap and stuff like that so you know with like Orlando Brown as well uh, you know uh, kind of just up in the air is are we going to are they going to uh, franchise tag them franchise tag them or not you know I think they will so you know that could certainly open things up for you know maybe some other contracts uh, such as Juju so um, but yeah so nothing wrong with their uh, that take uh but it is still wrong. So, but no, I, uh, I definitely, yeah, I, I see him going to the giants. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, how about Tony Pollard at number seven? Ah, Tony, uh, loved him on my fantasy team. You know, I thought he was just going to like, you know, get some spell yardage and touchdowns here and there, but he really emerged kind of like as the top running back there, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, it's definitely this whole, you know, I guess, Hey, we paid Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the, you know, the money and everything. Uh, but Tony, he was the producer, you know, a lot of any, any Dallas Cowboys fans there. I feel like they were just waiting for Tony Power to come in and kind of like take over the game or break out a big play, um, which he, he did pretty routinely there. So, um, I have him though saying, Hey, you know, uh, you, you, you kind of, uh, you're, you, you don't have the, the bag that I feel like you can help. Uh, re- resign me and I'm a running back. I'm not going to, you know, be playing for too long and thing or anything like that. So um, I have him going to the Falcons actually here. So um, I knew that's where you had a Miles Sanders, but to me, you know, if I'm the Falcons, uh, I, I want somebody a little bit more like Tony Pollard. I, I think, you know, with uh, kind of where they play and everything uh, it's definitely much more of a, you know, speedsters type of uh, stadium that they're in. So, I feel like having Tony Pollard out there just makes the most sense. Uh, you know, I, I think him out there in Atlanta, that that'll be a ex- much more explosive offense. So, you know, with whoever else they bring in there. So uh, he's going to get a lot more touches. And I feel like that's the best suit for him uh, in terms of money and 
you know, uh, overall like playing style. I know they were, they were one of the top rushing teams uh, this previous season. And that probably is going to uh, also occur because, uh, you know, they don't really have a necessary quarterback or I don't know if they're really going to rely on Ritter or whomever. So I feel like Tony Pollard, uh, if he wants an opportunity uh, to make you know, kind of a difference on a team as well as, you know, or earn some money too, I feel like the Falcons are the best fit for him. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put Pollard on the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like they're always a running back away from, you know, being a more competitive team. And this whole idea of the, you know, the really deep stable. I mean, last year it was Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, you know, JK Dobbins, when he was able to see the field, some justice Hill. it's like, it's always this piecemeal situation in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I think it primarily stemmed from having Lamar Jackson, uh, who will ultimately cover him this, but, uh, I just think, you know, with a lot of cap, you know, available for them as well. I think they have the eighth most cap space available. Um, Pollard's going to ask for about $10 million a year. You know, he's not going to go back to Dallas. I mean, I don't think that's like a foregone conclusion just yet, but if Zeke is making 16 million a year, um, unless they can find some way to like (laughs) restructure that entire deal, just doesn't make sense to put $25 million a year into, into your running backs. So I just feel like, you know, Tony can go to an instant winner um, just in terms of a team that's really well run, well organized. Uh, you know, I think with whatever happens with Lamar Jackson, the whole situation, they're going to need, you know, some guys that, you know, they can truly trust and, you know, playmakers who can you know be a part of their new future. And uh, I just think Tony fits really well into that system. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, he he would definitely bring out more of that element of, you know, like, like you're mentioning, like the like the Drake uh, in terms of a running back that can also catch out of the backfield. So you know, which I I think you know I, I've been hearing talks also like with Justin Fields and everything about hey, how can Justin Fields like not get hit as much? Well, you know, if he actually does like more checkdowns and things like that, or even design passes to a running back like a Tony Pollard. Um, then hey, that's that's a valuable asset to have uh, for Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, right? Uh, I think yeah, my my second team for Tony Pollard was the Bears actually, so I was like, ah, can't have can't have too much for them. So, uh, but no, I, I think that's a good take. That would be awesome, I think, for uh, the Ravens going forth though. Um, if they're a- if they are able to have Lamar Jackson, they're like, hey, let's bring in Tony Pollard in there. Um, it was just like I think Dobbins for me it was just like, oh, he's. I know he's been he was hurt last year and everything, but I feel like they'll 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 like maximize, I think, you know, other positions rather than uh, at least at this point uh, in the running back position uh, rather than the running back position. So but no, I think it was a solid take. At number six, we have Josh Jacobs. Uh, Wayne, where is he going? I think he stays with the Raiders. I know it's not sexy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that they might franchise him. Um, I'm not too sure if there's any other players that they want to be looking at a franchise. Uh, I also think that, you know, like I mentioned, I think they're kind of in a win now type of attitude. Um, so, you know, having when you're in a win now type of attitude, if you do have a running back who what led the league in rushing <laughs> this previous season, uh, why not keep him as well? You know, especially if you are uh, going to have a, have a new backmate for him at, at the quarterback position. So, uh, at least for the full season, I, I just doubt that they're going to, you know, uh, enter into next season with uh, Sidham. So uh, I I like Josh Jacobs actually just returning here. Um, he wants, from everything I've heard, he wants to return as well. Um, it just makes the most sense. Uh, I don't know how, if he has 
Uh, I don't know how Josh McDaniels necessarily feels about that, uh, but you know he gave him enough touches. I feel like there was that, definitely that speculation earlier in the season of is he actually going to give him the ball because it always seems like Josh McDaniels like to rotate the backfield a little bit. But uh, and it took some time actually. I think uh, you know Josh Jacobs uh, you know didn't just come off uh, you know uh, start the season like uh, uh, just killing it. So it definitely took some time. But I think Josh McDaniels has seen that this this is like a very valuable person to our franchise going forth and uh let's see what we can do to uh, resign him whether it be giving a full contract extension or franchise tagging him which i think might might occur but yeah what do you think i'm on board with this i think we just uh nullified each other in this uh selection i mean i don't see anywhere else that makes the most sense with him um and from a team perspective because they have a ton of cap flexibility you know relatively speaking and you know he is their franchise outside of Devonte adams i mean those two on the offensive side, I mean, you can get rid of all the other contracts you have for playmakers on offense if you just have those two. So I think it allows them to have, you know, a lot of flexibility going forward with, you know, how they go about signing those, uh, you know, ancillary pieces to their offense uh, outside of the quarterback position. Because right now, like you're saying, you got Stidham, uh, depending on who you know takes over a quarterback, it could be Stidham. Um, you know, you're going to need those playmakers in place to really get the most out of a uh, you know, an average to below average quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with you there. And, uh, we have Jacobs going to the Raiders. Yep. Sounds good. Glad we're, we're, we're both right on that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, number five, uh, uh, OBJ Odell Beckham jr. Uh, he's missed the entire year last year. Uh, Wayne, where do you have him going? Okay, this one was definitely a fun one. I I went back and forth on two on two teams that I think could make sense for him, but we'll see. Um, the first team that uh, I was kind of contemplating on was the Patriots, actually, because um, I think uh, I think Odell. I feel like he would like the whole Belichick type of systems, if you will, and I think he could slide in there a little bit. Um, granted, you know maybe Odell doesn't. He, he actually made me talking myself out of that. So, anyways, I, I thought about the Patriots, but then I'm gonna go with uh, a team that I I think can make sense for them. Uh, the Bears. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the Bears again. Hey, they have uh, they have the most salary uh, cap space. Uh, they need a wide receiver, a veteran. I understand that he is probably at this point in his career. Uh, probably like a wide receiver too, right? Um, so and he, you know, he's coming off a, an ACL injury. Uh, I, I, I would love to see him go to the Bears, make some money, uh, and then uh, uh, I think he fits kind of in, in pretty well with the situation with yeah having a young quarterback and Justin Fields, and then also I think he fits well in terms of uh, wide receiver combinations with Chase Claypool. And, and Darnell Mooney, uh, and then you know uh, we'll probably also draft a, a wide receiver uh, in the in the draft as well. So um, I have him going to, uh, to the Bears uh, as kind of like a, I wish that this could happen. See if it does. And yeah, I did mention I think in the in our last episode about uh, about uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to the Bears, but uh, in this case we don't need to uh, get rid of any draft capital. And we just sign him with money, which we have a lot of. So uh, that's that's what I think will will occur. It will occur. But what do you have? 
there, there's no chance OBJ is going to be a bench. Like, <laughs> no, I, I do, Dad. I, uh, no, I, I would hate that. No, no, like, no offense. Like, you set it up well because we have tons of money to spend. We need a wide receiver, but like, I could just totally see the OBJ from the Giants, from the Browns, who's just pouting on the sidelines, yelling at, you know, the younger quarterback and stuff like, and he would go to the bears, like <laughs> a run heavy team that he's where he's not probably going to get the ball as much as he probably wants to. Like this would be an absolute disaster for me. Like I just, I really wish that not to happen, but uh, in any case, um, <laughs> I've got this in, in like somewhat boring fashion. I've got going back to the Giants. Uh, I think that Dallas played too many games last year. Like I, I thought of maybe like, will he still stay on this whole Dallas venture? Like this whole idea of, you know, he was going to basketball games with them hanging out. He was like almost part of the team at the end of the year. And they just like wouldn't sign him because, you know, I'm sure his health wasn't good enough to get a contract for the, you know, 22, 23 season. But uh, I just feel like, you know, Dallas is in a pretty poor position cap space wise. And I think he has this like true desire to just return home. I feel like we're in the twilight years of, you know, OBJ and, you know, not based on really talent, but like, can this guy stay on the field? Can he stay, you know, healthy after getting, you know, another ACL tear? Like it's just not trending in the right direction, but I still think, you know, he brings enough value and he has, you know, now some Super Bowl experience where, you know, this Giants team is is seemingly on the rise. They need a couple more pieces. I really liked what um, Hodgins and uh, there's one other guy that I'm just always forgetting about. But both of these dudes on the Giants kind of like filled in for Shepard. They obviously filled in for Kenny Galladay. It was a complete waste of time. Um, always slips in my mind. But I just liked how these two younger guys, you know, truly played at the end of the year with Daniel Jones. And if you could just add like a little bit of veteran presence who's used to New York you know, used to, you know, kind of playing in those types of situations, more of a playoff type receiver kind of guy. I think Dable would like tolerate zero BS from a guy like Odell. So, um, and he's expendable at this point. I mean, it's not like you need to cater to every, you know, wish and need of his. So like, if he's not gelling, not fitting into the team, doesn't want to be there. You could either, you know, cut or trade him at some point in the season, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, no, I think it's a good take. I don't think there's anything wrong with it besides it not going to happen. No, I mean, it actually might happen. Uh, not, not, you know, I think you might have convinced me there. Uh, if there's anything about uh, OBJ is that he likes the limelight. So, you know, what better place to go to than, you know, New York for that, right? So I, I definitely see that. Um, and like I mentioned, I think the wide receiver room uh, for the Giants could use some improvement uh, by a draft or free agency. I think it's pretty evident. Give Daniel Joe's uh, more weapons. I think it was, was it Ricky or is it Richie James? I forget exactly. I think it's something. Yes. James, right. Thank you. Man. Yeah. 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 Richie James. Yeah. Richie James. So um, yeah, I think ha- having him added into that wide receiver room, I think makes sense going forth. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I won't, I won't bash that take, but uh, I would just, I would just find it really funny if he joins the bears. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, if that really, like, <laughs> let me ask you, because you're the one who brought it up. But if they did that, would you be jumping out of your seat? Would you be like pumped, excited, like anything no, like that? No, I want to, I want to be jumping. I think it's like, I, I, I look at it like, you know, I, I look at it as I, I might jump out of my seat if I saw the 
DeAndre Hopkins news a little bit more if you trade like a third, fourth rounder, right? Because uh, you know he's just battled, I think, injuries, and he had a, that one suspension and stuff like that too. Um, so for me, is like he never really dropped off in terms of talent, at least that we've seen. Just kind of just hasn't been on the field as much. Uh, and the whole situation with the Cardinals was just you know a lot of I guess uh, drama, politics, stuff like happening in the back, and you know they also got uh, Marquise Brown too. So it's like, all right, who's who's Kyle, uh, 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 Kyle Murray just going to be passing to all all, all this time? Um, so I feel like, you know, hey, him having a fresh start, that would probably be preferable. But it's like, I do like having that those draft picks as well. So, you know, uh, don't have to go that route um, uh, with getting OBJ there. Uh, or by going getting OBJ, you don't have to necessarily give up a draft pick. Um, so that would be my only, I guess, thought in there. Uh, but yeah, you know, if Kenny got, if we, if we are able to get maybe Ke- uh, the Bears are able to get Kenny Galladay, uh, for like a just approve it one year deal type of you know thing, then yeah, that might be actually a, a better route to go. So, yeah, I mean, I just feel like Odell is the kind of guy now where you plug him into like an inst- like an already made playoff team with an established quarterback, a lot of veterans, a lot of you know talent on the roster and stuff. So he can just kind of blend in in a way. I feel like if he's forced to be you know a leader, if he's forced to be like more than just like your second, third option on the outside, like then problems start to happen. And it's like, yeah, I mean, with any team with a younger core or quarterback or whatever it is, even a below average veteran quarterback, like I just don't see him like, like doing that. I I mean, I think the chiefs is something like a chiefs type team makes sense to me where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. like Patrick Mahomes and me, like, let's do this. Or, you know, the bills. Okay. I'll join your stable. Like I know, you know, I can be Diggs' second guy. Like, but, um, in any case, we'll see what happens. Um, OBJ, what a name, uh, he's still still around. (laughs) Number four, uh, Saquon Barkley. What do you got, Wayne? I, I went back and forth on this too. Um, I was actually contemplating the bills because I think that would be the most interesting, like, you know, uh, that would automatically, again, I, I think similar to the Von Miller news, like last year, right, with the Bills, like put them into that top tier team, uh, um, which they were, you know, out at the start of last season. So, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, the Bears in this situation too, I think. So uh, not to be all Homer about it, but, it, you know, it's like uh, – I, I, I see them moving on from uh, David Montgomery. And I, I, I kind of have been talking myself into this a little bit now um, as time has transpired. But it's like, you know, we the Bears could get a – I've always been like, kind of on the mode of drafting a running back, right, since that's just, you know, the cool thing you do. Uh, but I'm like, well, I think there's enough cap space to also, you know, sign a pretty decent offensive line and then also set, sign an explosive – uh running back you know the wide receiver group uh isn't too much right now you know that we're seeing to to you know spend a bunch of money on so hey let's see what we can do in uh in in terms of free agency oh let's get the best uh running back out there uh since you know the bears have the most caps so they have the most flexibility to give saquon who i think i believe he like was asking maybe for or he declined i think was like a 12 12 million dollar contract um he definitely wants to be top paid uh, in terms of running backs, which, you know, isn't too much, I guess, 
know, compared to other positions, I think it's like the least now. So if that's the case and like, Hey, yeah, let's just go with it. Let's just get the most, you know, explosive type of running back out there. I'm sure, you know, Getsy uh, will like that. Uh, I think he compliments pretty decently too with uh, Cooler Herbert. So, Hey, let's just make a, you know, awesome backfield, have uh, Herbert uh, fields uh, and Barkley in the, in the backfield. I think that can do wonders. Uh, and then, you know, they have some pretty decent wide receivers. And like I mentioned, maybe, yeah, maybe trade for DeAndre Hopkins, but I think something like that, um, it, as, as time has been going on, I feel like it just makes you know a lot of sense now uh, to to have Saquon here. So, but who do you have him going to? Um, I actually first think that's a pretty good take. I mean, I feel I feel like he'd be a good fit uh, roster wise for us. I mean, he is Saquon Barkley, uh, good pass catcher, explosive, young. You know, we have the money to make it happen. I mean, I think that like in the realm of you know, our possibilities, things that we could do to improve our team. I mean, I'd get behind that. I'd be, that's one of those where I'd probably jump out of my chair a little bit and be like, okay, like we're starting to get a little bit more serious now. Um, obviously depending on terms too, but, uh, yeah, in any case, um, I just can't see the giants letting him go. Um, this reminds me a lot of Dallas when, you know, Zeke became available a few years back and it was like, you know, is this in the best interest of our team and the best interest of how we spend our money, you know, going forward? Like, Probably not like, like he's a little unpredictable injury wise. I mean, he, you know, he hasn't had like, you know, the most healthy career to this point where he's doing it year after year after year. Um, You know, he's been hampered by injuries, you know, to kind of start, you know, his, his career in the NFL. And then he has this amazing season, you know, they get into the playoffs. They had like kind of this shocking turnaround. I think everybody, including myself was pretty surprised at how good, you know, they turned out to be this year. Um, And I would just, I think it's kind of puzzling to kind of, you know, not match whatever offers out there when you have, you know, $43 million to spend in cap space. He's your franchise. He's your best playmaker. He loves New York. He's young. Um, there's too many reasons why I just couldn't see them letting him walk in any, in any scenario. And uh, I think that, I think that feeling may be mutual um, as long as the terms are right. So um, I'll just stick with the giants here, uh, you know, re-signing Saquon. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, are, are you thinking that they probably like you know franchise him or something like that, or do you think they'll sign him to a long-term deal? Um, well, I think that's one thing that you and I were talking about because like Daniel Jones may be the better tag in the situation, just because you know what you're getting in Saquon when he's at his best. Um, you can't say the same for Daniel Jones, so it's harder for me to see a scenario where it's like, hey, I want to give Daniel Jones five years at whatever the market rate is for you know a top 15 you know top 10 type quarterback and like probably overpaying the guy like in any situation so it's almost like i think you'd most likely want to tag the guy you have less certainty about maybe less assurance and uh no i think this will go into a like a pure free agent deal and possible that he walks i mean there's a possibility there um you know if there's more money more interest from another from another team like I don't know, the bears, like that, that'd be uh kind of maybe tempting for him to take a, take a look out. But it, yeah, again, I, I just think like, you know, marketability wise, you know, where he's from kind of, you know, that part of the, the U S I mean, I feel like this is just a good fit. It's been a good fit. Just hasn't always played out that way on the field. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he has always said he loves New York and everything and, uh, he's definitely about that lifestyle, I feel like. So, uh, 
you know, I know that they would they would be sad to see him go, and you know, vice versa. So, uh, but no, I I I I think it's a respectable take for sure. At number three, uh, we have Derek Carr. Uh, Wayne, where's Derek Carr going to be playing next year? J E T S Jets Jets Jets. I have him going to the Jets, man. Um, I think Derek Carr. He's. I, th- I think the Jets fit perfectly for him in terms of uh, they have a coach that is respectable um, that I feel like they can get behind. They have the town around them. They have, you know, some, a cap flexibility and, and all that too. Um, he kind of goes in there like, and I, you know, you mentioned the whole Zach Wilson thing too. Uh, he's definitely kind of like in that middle ground, right? Of, okay, he's had a good career so far. You know, we can debate it like, how great is he, uh, you know, top 10 or top five quarterback? You know, that's always uh, kind of been his little thing. But I feel like he can at least, you know, go there, maybe like a sign, sign a short-term type of deal uh, with the Jets uh, and then see how, you know, this whole thing plays out with Zach Wilson on top of it, right? You know, I feel like if I'm the Jets, that's probably the route I would like to go with. Um, you know, he'll pro- you know, sure, have him start uh, day one and everything like that because I think he's earned it for everything he's contributed versus what – Zach Wilson or even Mike White has contributed. So, um, yeah, I I say Derek Carr, go to the Jets. Uh, they have a roster around him. They have a defense. They have a coach. Uh, so I think that's probably the best fit going forth uh, for, for Derek Carr. Uh, some awesome wide receivers as well. You know, Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, you know, they could pass to him more. Uh, uh, and a pretty decent line overall. So I feel like that's the best uh, fit for him. And then, yeah, uh, Brees Hall as well will be returning from his injury. Uh, hopefully he'll be healthy too. So I think that's probably the best fit. You know, if I'm Derek Carr, I'd probably pick the Jets. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, for all the reasons, uh, you know, I see Jimmy G going there. Same goes for Derek Carr. I mean, I think they're both, you know, Carr's definitely got more passing prowess than Jimmy G does, has more talent outright. You know, Jimmy's just got more of like that leadership factor. I think, you know, Derek is missing and kind of, you know, has been for the Raiders for, you know, a lot of seasons now where they're kind of like, you know, we think you're the guy, but then same sense, like, why aren't you getting in this playoffs year in, year out? Why aren't you winning playoff games for us? And, uh, you know, I think with, you know, an upgraded roster, especially on the defensive side, which he was lacking, you know, in Las Vegas, it's like, this is going to be a nice turnkey operation for him to kind of walk in and do his thing. So if it happens then that way, great. But, um, I've actually got him going to new Orleans. Um, you know, they were hot on his tail, uh, you know, while he was still under contract with Las Vegas, you know, a month ago or so now. Um, I think he's got to respect that, got to appreciate a little bit. Like the trade didn't end up happening. He wanted to make sure that, you know, <laughs> there were no strings attached to whatever deal he was going to walk into next. And, uh, you know, I think New Orleans is is far enough along, you know, to look at defenses too. They were top five in yards allowed and sacks as a defense. Like that's a really good unit that they've got. Um, they've established a winning culture under Peyton. I think they're trying to do the same thing with Dennis Allen. You still got Alvin Camaro could just be like somebody you dump it off to Olave. Got to like him a lot. And then you'd have Taysom, Taysom Hill not playing quarterback and like more or less playing like his kind of wildcat hybrid role. I think it's an attractive place for him to go. Um, you know, I think that's a team, especially a division that's very winnable. If he goes there, he's got a really good shot of getting them in the playoffs next year. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Carolina. Have no idea about Atlanta as well. And then, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, completely reloading right now. So, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I've got Derek going to going to New Orleans. Yeah, no, that's all, that's that's a good take, and I, you know, I was I guess also contemplating on that too, because uh, you know they're definitely they definitely have the roster for a win now uh, with Alvin Kamara and you know all the talent that you mentioned, and also on the on the defensive side too, uh, so some players there. So um, you know, I I definitely see Derek Carr, whatever situation he's gonna gonna be going into. Uh, it's not going to be for a, re- a rebuilding team. I think it's for a team that's going to be competing uh, and just needs a, a quarterback really to kind of take him over the edge there. So, um, and I, I do like your take though. It's like, yeah, the, that, the, the South there, uh, it's a very, <laughs> who's going to take this to the division? I feel like whoever, you know, unless, yeah, like Derek Carr does go over to the New Orleans and they just like steamroll through everybody, uh, then, you know, uh, it's just going to be a division that whoever the winner is, they're just going to, kind of roll into the playoffs i feel like <laughs> kind of like this previous year so uh yeah uh i don't see that there's anything wrong with that um but i would i would just love to see him in new york you know yeah uh, get get these jets the quarterback that the the jets the quarterback that that they've been uh i think longing for uh and i think he has also has the demeanor for new york uh you know a little bit more laid back and i don't think he'll be too frazzled so uh but ah, i don't know i'm excited uh for Derek uh car in general though for sure. Um, at number two, we have Gino Smith. Uh, Wayne, what do you think? Gino, uh, you know what? I don't know. I I don't know if there's any other place that I can see him uh, than than the Seahawks, right? Like, I I thought about the Jets. I actually did think about the Jets because that would be you know this whole like uh, like almost uh, Shakespearean type of uh, you know thing because yeah, he started his career there and everything. Uh, and hell, he, he had to be like the prodigal son, go out there and then, you know, learn a thing or two. And then he comes back in here. And, it, you know, for me, I love that kind of story. That's, that's definitely cool. Uh, but you know what, uh, he, he really, I think just grew up, may not grow up is the right word, but he really just showed all the talent he had. And I think he had, he's in a great system, great situation. He's still got some, you know, wide receivers there. They're, de- you know, developing more of a team. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be a better team uh, this coming season uh, with some seasoning. They, you know, drafted really well and everything. So I, I don't see, you know, if I'm Geno Smith, uh, I'm going to stick with uh, the Seahawks here. Um, you know, great team, great, you know, environment and everything, great coaching, great organization overall. They're just going through some, they were just going through some transitions and stuff like that, but you know, they had a good draft, uh, this previous draft. And, you know, uh, if they can replicate that, su- that kind of success, uh, in this coming draft, then hey, uh, you know they're going to be some uh, NFL uh, playoff contenders uh, in the future. So, um, but yeah, who do you have uh, uh, taking Geno? Seattle. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, for a guy like Geno to be kind of a you know backup quarterback for the majority of his career, and then step into a starting role with a team that had zero expectations, end up eighth in passing yards, seventh in QBR, fifth in passer rating for the year. It's like, it's an absolute joke. Like, I mean, it defies like pretty much all expectations and uh, he's going to get a good payday. He's going to get a great payday out of it. Um, But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, he knows the culture of Seattle. It fits for him. Um, I think he takes a lot of pride in, you know, that team and, you know, being a leader in that locker room. So I think that matters a lot for a quarterback. And most times we don't see a lot of the QB movement unless there's like, some ill will or, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, the roads have, have been kind of, you know, divided at a certain point. It's just like, I've got nothing else to prove here. You guys don't really want me. So uh, Seattle absolutely wants him. Uh, He's, 
you know, he's worth the money, I think, at least short term, you know. I'm still a little skeptical on like, can this guy repeat? Like, can this guy be a fixture there for two, three years? Like, I don't know about that. I mean, I think he's probably good for at least one more year, um, if I had to say. And I think, you know, allows Pete Carroll a little flexibility um, and the GM to kind of go into, you know, this offseason. They want to take like a, you know, shot later on the draft on a high upside quarterback as a backup. Like, go for it. You know, I don't think Drew Locke will ever be anything in the NFL as a quarterback. So, um, you know, have Gino there, have him be the bridge, you know, they can get into playoffs, uh, you know, great. Then you've got, you know, a chance there and maybe they can add some more talent on the D side or, you know, with more playmakers, but, uh, yeah, in general, I just think it's a good fit. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, uh, it's a good fit. Uh, and you know, uh, I think Gino, he's, I think he's just very appreciative of, I think with, you know, the Seahawks giving him an opportunity, uh knows the system so yeah and if if he were to go to the jets though that would be pretty funny uh but you know the jets definitely have been uh kind of an up and down organization so you know that that might and when he was with them they it was definitely much more of the downtime so uh i definitely see him um going with the seahawks uh here for sure all right and that leads us into number one uh we have lamar jackson uh wayne Where's where's Lamar heading? This is a fun one. So uh, my I guess interesting one, uh, like my my interesting take or team that I would love to see, uh, like Twitter would go crazy, right? If this were to happen, uh, if the Giants, right? If the Giants were like, you know what? Uh, in the end of the day, like, hey, Daniel Jones, you've been great, right? You can run and all that, but guess what? Lamar's better, so we're gonna go with Lamar, right? If that were to happen, that would be insane. That would be nuts. Uh, you know, Brian Dable, right? Like, uh, he was definitely the one. Uh, he showed his coaching chops, his play calling chops, etc. With uh, with Daniel Jones, what do you think he can do with a Lamar Jackson? Right? Uh, I feel like that would be great. And then, yeah, add in some wide receivers, like you know, we were mentioning if they add. Odell Beckham. I know there was a lot of, you know, wishful thinking about Odell going to the Ravens to help out Lamar. Well, how about they just both go to the Giants, right? I feel like that would be uh, a, a fun type of, you know, Twitter storm that would happen and occur there if that little switcheroo were to occur. Uh, Lamar would be, you know, uh, uh, highly paid and everything in a great uh, market. Um, but uh, that all being said, uh, I think way too much drama has happened for him not to not to resign right uh it, but i would say drama in kind of a way of they both have been saying yeah hey, we're gonna make it work right yeah we're gonna make it work right but, it, but they just haven't signed the deal right uh, so i think just there's been a lot of posturing but then both sides have both been trying to play it cool from the pr perspective which i feel like is a little bit more of an inclination of what exactly uh you know both of their intentions are so if, you know, if both their intentions, it sounds like, you know, John Harbaugh said it like, Hey, I want to be uh, with uh, Lamar. Or I think Lamar is going to be a part of our organization going forth. Uh, and then Lamar has been like, Hey, I love the Ravens, but you know, I just want to get paid and all that. Then I, I certainly see that there's going to be some sort of middle ground that they're going to find eventually. And this is all going to be settled. Uh, but that's boring. So that's why I went through in the giants in there. Cause that would be, that would be hilarious and fun all at once. So, but yeah, Pat, who do you got Lamar going to? Yeah. I, I first think that's a, it's a good take, especially on the, uh, like how I think both sides are thinking about this right now, because if I'm Lamar, I'm like, 
you guys haven't really shown me any respect for anything that I've done here. I mean, I've won an MVP. I've taken you guys to playoffs year in, year out. I defied expectations of probably what you thought I was going to be coming out of the draft. And ever since then, you've been testing me and kind of like prodding me about, you know, you need to show me this or you need to show me that. And I, I feel like from Lamar's standpoint, like I'd be prideful in that situation. I'd be like, I'm well worth like this money, a max deal. Like go across the league and look at other guys who got max deals doing far less than I, you know, I have in my career. And like, why aren't you guys like shelling that out for me? Like right off the bat from Baltimore's perspective, you know, they've won Super Bowls with, with average quarterbacks. They've won Super Bowls (laughs) in situations where they're like, we don't really need a quarterback. You know, we're going to, you know, build an awesome, you know, defense and we're going to have a solid run game and great coaching and special teams. And we're going to be disciplined and hard nosed and stuff. And it's like, you know, if you leave, we'll just put in Tyler Huntley. He was a pro bowler this year. If you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't know that somehow, some way, but I feel like they're just so like disciplined as an organization that like, I think they'll be okay letting Lamar go in a way. And I say that because what I think is going to happen, and it's kind of a little bit of a wild scenario, but I think it makes for some fun too. But I think they're going to tag Lamar Jackson to trade him, uh, ultimately getting some sort of return from a team that's looking for a quarterback. And uh, we've gone through draft scenarios and like, we know this team needs a quarterback and like they may grab one in the draft, but they want a little bit more certainty. Give me the Houston Texans. Um, they have the fifth most money to spend. If you look at this year's draft, they have the number two, 12, and 33 overall. They have two first round picks next year as well because they got those trading, you know, their problem quarterback into Sean Watson to the Cleveland Browns. I think they liked everything that Sean Watson was. I think they just didn't like the situation. They didn't like, you know, uh, obviously, like, I think in some ways his head got a little big in, in the sense of like, hey, I'm going to be helping to make decisions for this franchise. And I don't think that boded too well for the front office. But, like, why not package one or two of those first-rounders? Maybe it'll cost a little less if Baltimore just wants to, you know, not have to pay Lamar, but just find a good place for him or, or whatever have you. So it's kind of like I just kind of see that as a good fit for both sides. I mean, maybe Baltimore gets some draft capital back for it. Maybe they get a player or two that could fit, you know, right into their roster in the same sense, like, Houston doesn't have to play this gamble game at the number two overall pick. Like if somebody snipes that number one overall pick from them and it's like, that's the quarterback that we wanted. Like we wanted Bryce young and the Colts jump in there. Then it's like, Hey, we got Lamar Jackson. Like what's up. So uh, I think it's kind of crazy. Do I think it's going to happen? Like, I don't know. Like it's kind of a little far-fetched, but I just thought like scenario building wise, like it seems like a pretty good fit. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 why not, right? Like, I feel like if that's, you know, if that were to occur, I, I that would definitely turn the entire NFL uh, uh, table just like upside down and everything. So, um, no, that I think that, that could be a fun one. That would definitely make, you know, the uh, a trip to uh, Kansas City for the NFL draft night, right? If it were to occur on NFL draft night, that would drive it crazy. You know, make it a party for sure. So. Um, no, I like that take and, you know, Houston definitely has done crazy things, right? So in terms of how they run, you know, with, uh, you know, with, uh, was it O'Brien and all of that? Uh, then it's like, Hey, look, uh, and, and obviously we, you know, we saw with what happened to Deshaun Watson. So they've done crazier things. I feel like, uh, from a personnel standpoint. So, 
um, you know, if Omar wants to get paid, which I definitely think you know he deserves, right? Um, then hey, why not go to a team like the Texans and kind of build up that uh, franchise uh, more so of, and you know, kind of get them into uh, you know automatically contention into next year, basically. I would think so. Um, yeah, and then they have all that draft capital, like you mentioned, and yeah, they'll they'll be able to use that draft capital. Uh, this almost works in favor of like Omar, like in terms of being more of a winner than you know that. I feel like that, at least in my opinion, that definitely sets them up pretty well for success uh, uh, going forth in that situation. So that would definitely be something. And then, like you mentioned, you know, maybe yeah, it is a little bit more of a rebuild then uh, for uh, the Baltimore Ravens going forth. Then you know, maybe they are able to get you know Richardson or something like that, um, uh, or yeah, trade up. Uh, you know, if they are going to go, you know, maybe it's a second pick that they get. Maybe they are able to get pull that off uh, for Lamar. Uh, then, yeah, maybe they are able to get uh, either a, a, a CJ Stroud or whomever or Bryce if he goes that far, then um, then that's the only thing opens opens things up. So, uh, yeah, this is fun. No, this is definitely a fun <laughs> – This that would be definitely a fun draft uh, day maneuver if that were to happen. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, Baltimore did spend a first-rounder on Lamar, um, but I could also see him, like, taking a Seahawks route where they're like, well – you know, Huntley can hold the job down for a year or something like that. And like, let's just grab like Hendon Hooker later on in the draft or let's grab, you know, another guy who may be, you know, a prospect of, of sorts, like somebody who just really needs some work um, in that sort of way. But could totally see that scenario too. Like maybe they get a first rounder back. And like you're saying, maybe go after some of those, you know, premium uh, quarterbacks going on this first round of the draft. But um, I guess with that, um, that's our top 10. Uh we did have a special focus too, because technically the guy is not a free agent. He's well under contract with the Green Bay Packers, but uh, you know, just knowing his name's been in the press so much about changing, uh, you know, scenes and things like that. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's he's gotten out of his dark darkness treatment. He's he's enlightened. Uh, I don't think he's doing any more ayahuasca, you know, as we know of in in this offseason mushrooms perhaps but uh you know wayne uh if, if aaron can uh get himself uh you know mentally fit to play football next year where do you where do you see him playing i mean i think he's gonna retire it's funny it's like tom brady you know he just he just like yeah maybe i'll retire oh maybe i'm not gonna retire anymore right but uh but Aaron Rodgers apparently he has to go through this whole spiritual journey. I feel like before he makes a decision, so it, it, it's an interesting process, right? Um, I think he'll retire. That being said, if he doesn't retire, right, um, I would love to see him. You know, I mean, it, it it definitely just makes sense with the Raiders. I feel like then, um, if that's the case, right? Uh, just because of you know, again, they're built for contention. Uh, and man, uh, he's going to be, you know, more so in the desert, which I feel like that's where he belongs a little bit more of, you know, uh, having that spiritual journey. What better place than Vegas, right? Like That's a great place for you, for anybody going through some sort of spiritual journey, you know. So uh, I think that could be a fun one for him. Reunite with uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, have, you know, a, a coach that has a, an offensive background uh you know uh, up and down defense here and there which i guess he might be used to but you know with max crosby there i feel like you know that's uh, that's uh, they're always going to be you know somewhat at play uh for contention if, if that would be the case but 
yeah, I feel like if I am Aaron Rodgers, if I were, if I were uh, to be like, you know what, I do want to play like a year or two more, right? Let's see if I can manufacture my way, uh, it, you know, for the Raiders. Um, I do believe, I think we talked about, like he's in a contract or something like that. So if there were to be some sort of trade, you know, I don't know what the Raiders can necessarily offer. They don't have too much, you know, draft capital uh, to to send over there. So that's where, that might be my question for them. But um, yeah, uh, I, although you did mention the Texans, they do have a lot of draft capital. That could be something, but no, I, I feel like if I'm Aaron Rodgers and, uh, you know, I have my whole persona, this whole spiritual journey. I don't want to be going to Texas. I'd rather be going to Vegas uh, and playing for the Raiders. And I think I feel like that would be more of his vibe, as the kids say. So, uh, but Pat, what's your take on Pat? Uh, what's your take on Pat? What's your take on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? And uh, where do you think he's going to be ending up uh, at the end of this whole free agency? All right. So just for consistency purposes, um, do you have Jimmy G and Rogers both ending up in Las Vegas? Because I just want to, <laughs> I'm going to mark down your final answer because you did say retirement too. So I just want to make sure as yeah. part of this grander big board that we have the the final answer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I know we're, we're, we're betting on this. So it has to be factual <laughs> here. Uh, I'll, I'll go the retirement route. I'll go the retirement okay. route for the record, for the record. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. The fun idea, though, I, I think would be the Raiders. But, but yeah, uh, for the for the sake of uh, our our bet, um, I I have him retiring. So yeah, yeah. So it just seems odd, like based on your uh, you know your answer. You know, we got one guy who just you know completely wants to uh, you know hide away, walk away from uh, you know his fatherhood responsibilities. We got another guy who you know wants to play Batman every off season. It's like this guy just like wants to stay in his cave, wants to stay in the dark. So I like, I definitely see the retirement angle with Rogers. Like at this point, like I don't feel like football in the last two, three seasons has been the most important thing to him. Like in his, in his life, in his universe, like in his metaverse or like wherever he is mentally, <laughs> I just, um, you know, I kind of see a situation. I mean, at least in green Bay where it's like, you can tell it's just starting to like disintegrate. I think it started like the year prior when he was just talking aloud about his contract negotiations and like what he thinks about the franchise and like their positioning on, you know, what they wanted to pay him at the time. And uh, I'm with you, man. I see Las Vegas. I, I have that open as his destination. I see the Raiders as being the team to be able to pull it off. I mean, Devontae's already there. Um, guy he knows really well. I mean, he'd fit like a glove into that team, like with those weapons, uh, especially if they could get Josh Jacobs back. Um, yeah. Salary cap wise, like they do have one of the, you know, the best cap positions of any team out there. So I feel like they would be able to kind of take on a contract of his size. Like, could they attach maybe like a bad asset with Aaron, you know, in an Aaron Rodgers trade, like would a Darren Waller, uh, plus a lot of draft capital, like make that happen a little bit better. Um, you know, could you, I don't know who else they could maybe toss in from like the defensive side of things, but just in a way, get creative a little bit with contracts and things like that, where you can swap, you know, some bad assets. Cause at this point, like, I don't want to call Aaron Rodgers a bad asset. He's definitely not, but he's still not like the same quarterback he was even a couple seasons ago. I feel like you're looking at a guy who's like, you know, a uh, back-to-back MVP winner uh, this year. I felt like Felt like more of a game manager. I mean, still got them 
you know, a really great second half and things like that. But um, I think he's going to need a little bit more support offensively to, to make, you know, the total offense, you know, still elite somewhat, but um, I think that'd be just the best fit overall, the best thing that he could probably, you know, ask for in this situation. But uh, yeah, getting him out of the NFC North would also just be a huge plus for us. I think just saying goodbye to him forever and watching the Packers kind of go through their own uh, rebuild at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, 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 it's kind of long overdue. I feel like, uh, you know, this, this whole off season drama. Uh, I mean, I feel like if I'm the Packers, uh, Packers management, I'm almost like, okay, uh, maybe if Aaron Rodgers does want to come back, he all of a sudden says, yeah, I'm going to play more. Uh, I'm almost, if I'm the Packers, I think I've come reached that point of like, okay, that's nice. We're going to go with, I guess, Jordan Love in this situation, see how he does, you know, maybe sign like a, a veteran, uh, a backup quarterback of some sort as well, you know, just for insurances or whatever. But yeah, just kind of go that route and just, you know, move on. I, I feel like is, is, you know, what I guess my thinking, if I were the Packers with all this, you know, off season drama, it's like, you know, the Packers aren't a, uh, a Cowboys team necessarily. They aren't nece- like, like a team that's always filled with drama, like a Raiders. Right. So I feel like, you know, going forth for them, they'd rather just move on and, kind of just uh you know get a quarterback that you know is for sure that they want to be there it doesn't have to go through a spiritual journey to figure out if they need to be there you know just get uh select a quarterback that actually wants to be there and you know it is almost kind of symbolic of uh how this whole thing has transpired uh with you know brett Favre and kind of that situation too right because aaron Rodgers was kind of in a similar situation where they you know drafted a first round quarterback and that player had to wait for like three years right before they stepped onto the field so you know um it, it is kind of symbolic that if that were to be his departure but that you know that's kind of the packer way of just you know having the next man up at quarterback after like you know uh 17 years or something like that so uh yeah i feel like that's probably what the packers would do is you know uh, i think this was the last uh season with them uh you know aaron Rodgers, he had that moment uh with randall cobb right at the end of uh that playoff game uh, so, you know, I, I think this is, uh, this is it for Aaron Rodgers as least as a Packer. Uh, but then, you know, if he were to go to another thing, another team, it just makes sense. I think for the Raiders in terms of overall fit, um, you know, players around them, uh, are they a team that's, uh, up for winning right now? All that, I feel like it's gotta be the Raiders here. So, yeah. And uh, who better to fill Aaron Rodgers' shoes if it's not Jordan Love and a guy like Carson Wentz? I mean, I feel like that would just be perfect. I mean, just those two sides uniting and him being the trilogy to Favre and Rodgers. I mean, how great would that be? That'd be that'd be uh, pretty funny. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all jokes aside, uh, Wayne, do you have any good ideas for for a wager here in this in this uh, situation? You know, we are the uh, ball and uh, breakfast podcast. So I was looking up like weird breakfasts actually here. So um, I did find some, I don't necessarily weird, but uh, it's a little eclectic, uh, but I I like the way that this is going. So uh, one I see here is, let me know your thoughts on this, is Fruity Loop pancakes, uh, pancakes. Um, it can be waffles if because I do have a waffle maker. We could certainly go that route. But how do you feel about Fruity Loop uh, pancakes or waffles? Now, is this for the winner or the loser? No, this uh, is for the loser, I feel like. I mean, 
I would be excited to lose almost. So, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, the winner, I mean, yeah. Uh, what do you think though? So how is this going to, essentially, if you lose, you've got to go upstairs and make pancakes that are Fruit Loop uh, <laughs> based. <laughs> and then you got to eat them in front of uh, the camera here while yes. we shoot. Yes, okay. yes, yes. That 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 is what I'm talking about with regards to that. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I mean I'm down. I mean I I feel like you know. Um, yeah, I, I mean I, I I feel like this is kind of a reward. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> kind of interested in losing here too. So. Uh, well, how we'll about how, split. Yeah, yeah. How, how about yeah? How about loser or winner picks the cereal on those pancakes of some sort. Okay. Yeah, and the cereal will be on, on top, or they'll be like inside the batter. I think on top. I want to say I feel like right. it, I feel like a cereal will be kind of hard. Yeah. Okay, this could get pretty cruel. Uh, I have thoughts in mind, so uh, let's just hope that um, you win because <laughs> I think this could get really fun. But uh, okay. I accept okay. I accept the wager here. Okay, okay, I accept it too. A little handshake there, um, and, and and just to be clear on the rules too for the you know the crowd. And everything like it's it's the total um, amount right of uh uh free agents that we got correct uh from my understanding right right if you guess the team correctly you get a point there's 11 players here on our board if you get the scenario right you win got it and if they're in, in an event of a tie again just try to be clear on all these things since <laughs> this is a bet and everything uh yeah so if there's a tie does that mean both of us have to do it um, yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah okay and then both people can pick what ingredient is in the pancakes okay, <laughs> okay. and it's gonna be a cereal but you know nothing crazy you're gonna put like shards of glass in these pancakes but you know what i'm trying to say yeah 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 we all we all have like lives that we want to exist afterwards so i get it <laughs> <laughs> for sure well uh you know with that um that's our nfl coverage for today uh wayne do you have any final thoughts uh i mean i mean guess we're talking about like breakfasts and everything um you know i was uh looking at some other things uh you know possibly eat uh you know maybe this weekend and i got uh almost sentimental about uh the prospects of eating some spam uh some spam eggs uh and rice in particularly uh you know it's highly involved i guess in hawaiian and like uh you know filipino cuisines too for breakfast uh, or really any any time of day, um, whether it be like a spam masubi type of concoction, uh, or you know even going on fried rice and things like that. So, um, curious, Pat. Uh, you know, have, do you like spam? Do, have you eaten spam? Uh, what kind of things do you like spam in uh, or not in? Yeah, um, you know my my journeys with spam have been somewhat limited. I feel like if I've got it right, like spam is a, like pretty much a, like a Hawaiian type staple. Um, it probably translates over to other, uh, Pacific Island cuisine maybe. Um, but in general, I feel like I like them on Hawaiian rolls. Um, they're good with eggs. Um, it has been a while, but I feel like it's just a good, like compliment to, to eggs or, um, in general, like a good substitute for, for any sort of uh, ham or Canadian bacon or anything like that too. So um, I definitely see it in a like breakfast capacity, but it has been some years. Um, I can say that 
I've had some corned beef hash lately that was absolutely terrible. I mean, maybe it's in the same, you know, family, maybe they're cousins in some way, but uh, if it's not that, then I've also heard like Scrapple is another one of those things where it's like very, uh, you know, very much like regionally based and again, good for breakfast and stuff like that. Haven't tried it, but I've heard, you know, in some Amish communities, like especially in Pennsylvania or something like you get Scrapple on the side and like, it's usually pretty good, but again, kind of like a, a meat that's been overlooked or like a, like a meat substitute that just, you know, hasn't quite fit into the mainstream of, of all menus. But, uh, but I am interested to hear like with spam, like what do you like to use it with? Or like, is it incorporated in your diet pretty consistently or is it like part of Filipino cuisine in a way? I wouldn't say consistently. Oh, I, I in general, like Filipino cuisine is like, it just leads to diabetes. I feel like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, just cause like, all right, you're just eating a bunch of, uh, you know, really fatty meats, pork, uh, and then also like highly, uh, sugared up, uh, you know, desserts too. So it's like the, you know, perfect American diet, I guess you can say here, <laughs> you know, so it, it definitely has a lot of that. So I definitely only eat it maybe, you know, uh, uh, usually when I, I, if I have like a relative over from the Philippines or something like that, it's like, Hey, you remember this thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so you know, things like that, uh, or if I'm just feeling really, really healthy and I'm like, okay, that's way too, that's way too much healthy feeling for me. I need something like kind of fat on myself and a little bit more of, you know, I guess, uh, uh heartwarming if you will. So, um, but yeah, th- I think that's my view on spam is like, uh, I'll usually eat it, you know, uh, uh, spam, eggs and rice, that kind of combination, you know, maybe throw in a couple like scallions or something like that, or green onions or whatever I have around, uh, just add a little bit of, you know, green flavor towards it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a, uh, a, a meal that it's like, all right, I just, I just want to be fat right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all for that because my final thoughts going to segue right into that. Um, I don't even know how this found me. I, I mean, it might've been on Instagram, might've just been like perusing online or something, but ended up finding this event that was hosted by the food network called the South beach wine and food festival. Um, it actually took place on February 23rd. And as part of it, there was a, um, just a segment called the burger bash. And it was three hours long for anybody who wanted to attend out in Miami. It was at capital one arena but for three hours, you spend $325 and you get to taste test 30 of the best burgers from Miami. Um, there was Emerald Lagasse was there. Dave Portnoy uh, was a judge. And like there was other like chefs that presented their burgers from like restaurants around the U.S. Um, but in the same sense, like also just some like high powered, uh, you know, food celebrities there to kind of like judge the whole experiment. But in general, I got my mouth watering. I was like, man, um, you know, 30 burgers in one night, like that would just be so much fun. Like, I wonder if I could like tackle through that. So in a lot of ways, I, I came up with like two questions for you or like just two thoughts. I want to get your take. I'll give mine too. But um, first off, if there was another similar event, whether it was burgers or anything else, like what type of food would you want to try like from 30 different spots? Like if you were to spend that kind of coin, and in the same sense, uh, in your life, can you think back to a time where you ate just a ton of food and like maybe just explain that event or like the one that like really brings you back? That's a great question. Um, man, 
I would say if I were to like splurge for one for a similar event, you know, where they take a, a dish of some sort and were to just kind of blow it out of the water, take all different type of uh, you know, uh uh designs from it of, of how to make it you know different cultures um i would probably go barbecue um i i'd say like barbecue like the 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 varieties of barbecue from all around the world right if there would be like a global like barbecue summit uh that was you know at a respectable price <laughs> and all that uh i would probably you know shell out coin for that um you know uh you're talking about all the different kinds of barbecue just within the U.S. You know, we definitely hear about Carolina barbecue, a little bit more vinegar, vinaigrette and everything compared to, say, like the uh, the Texas style barbecue. Even within Texas, there's Central Texas barbecue. And then there's like other parts of Texas, like Western Texas barbecue as well. So it's like all that variation. Uh, and then you also have Asia. Uh, they have their own barbecue as well. You know, Japanese barbecue, Korean barbecue. So, uh, and then, you know, all, all, all across the world, they have some sort of barbecue um, there. And you know, I just kind of listen like the atmosphere of barbecue. So I'd probably say uh, a barbecue event, you know, a global barbecue event would probably be the best deal for me overall. Uh, and if I can, you know, complement it with some veggies too, you know, <laughs> and walking from station to station, that would be great. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, what what exactly about barbecue? Like, what kind of food products are your favorite? Like within the barbecue realm. I mean, I, I love a good brisket. It's hard to beat just like a really straight up good brisket. Um, even some like uh, also sausages too. Uh, I'll definitely you know good sausage here and there for sure. But for me, it's definitely about brisket. Um, and then yeah, ribs too. I, I feel like you know my dad made ribs growing up. I uh, put like a little soy sauce uh, on top of like some rub and some barbecue sauce as well. So like, you know, so I think I like the at the atmosphere about it a lot mm -hmm. um, where you're eating barbecue. You and usually it's like outside with friends or something like that, like a picnic type of environment. Um, that's that's, you know, uh, what, I, what I generally like uh, for like a barbecue. So, you know, like doing that fit friends, family, you know, outside. Uh, you know, if 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 there were like a barbecue like food truck festival or something like that, I'd be totally up, up for that as well. Um, I, yeah, I know Chicago has like their own like uh, barbecue type of festival, which I wasn't able to make it. I think they like sell they sell out their tickets pretty quickly, and I think they also uh, complement it too with like a uh, country music festival as well, which I guess that makes sense. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I think I just kind of like that overall environment, just you know relaxing you know outside get some fresh air and then eat some you know awesome uh fatty foods with barbecue uh with awesome you know flavor all around there then yeah i gotta have some you know some veggies or maybe some uh uh potato salad or some sort as well uh to kind of complement it you know maybe some uh cornbread of some sort as well but yeah i just love a good barbecue sounds good um was one of your largest eating experiences tied to barbecue or something else uh largest eating experiences I, I i wouldn't say largest uh i think in terms of largest eating experiences um like i i used to work at a buffet so it's it's hard to say <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say like you know one thing was like my world's largest like you know the most uh uh vast eating experience uh outside of like a 
good old fashioned like Chinese buffet that I worked at. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think us uh, salt licks, I definitely will say, uh, had my best like biggest like barbecue experience for sure. Uh, I just ate a bunch of stuff at like at Salt Licks, which is in Austin, Texas, right? Um, some of the best barbecue I, I've ever had for sure. Um, just all the different flavors. I had everything. I had the brisket, you know, ribs, sausages, you know, you name it. I had it all. So uh, that was definitely a uh, quite an experience uh, over there. Um, and like I mentioned, yeah, I was like, you know, outdoors, sitting out there. And most of what I love about barbecue is it's pretty affordable for families and all that to, you know, share as well. So got to, you know, eat a bunch of different varieties and share it with other people. So, um, yeah, I love a good barbecue for sure, though. That sounds pretty good. Um, man, from my end, like if it was anything fried chicken, uh, especially like a wing situation where it was like 30 of the best wing spots come together and you get to kind of hang out and try all these different wings from all these great you know, restaurant tours. And you got, you know, Emeril Lagasse here, Dave Portnoy in the house, just like, you know, judging as well, or like maybe providing some sort of entertainment. Like I'd pay 300 bucks for that, man. I, I like really looked at this event and I was like, you know, I could totally do this. Like, and I would totally spend 300 bucks to just like sit in the house and like, you know, go through that whole experience, see how it was. Cause ultimately like how much would you pay for, you know, some game tickets? Like, I don't know, maybe 50, 100, 150 was a good game or something like that. I'm just spitballing, but like if all food was comp too, and it's from some of the best restaurants, like that all inclusive might be pretty, might be pretty interesting. So um, in general, uh, I'm just going to keep my like my my tabs, I guess, on the Food Network, see if they put on any more of these like big events. But then in general, like there's other events that just happen in cities where it's like an all you can eat situation, like take my money. What, what, what if there was what if there were to be a festival of uh, of of like fried chicken wings from your favorite restaurants like Applebee's from oh. uh, uh, from Hooters? We'll, we'll throw in a little bit of Hooters in there. Uh, you know, what would, what would happen if they were to all combine forces and be like, you know what, this bomb breakfast podcast that has been mentioning our brand names for the past like year now, uh, you know, let's, let's set up a little festival. Let's set up a little, maybe a tasting for this Pat person here. Um, what would you say to that? I would say, Hey guys, I got a, I got a week of sick leave that I'm about to use. (laughs) Sign me up if you want me to be the face of this thing, but like, seriously, I may not make it out on the other end, but uh, yeah, man, um, that would totally not be the experience I want because I think even still like to this day or, you know, wait a month or something like that, but they may, you know, showcase another $15 all you can eat special and stuff. And like, yeah, man, quality, quality is mattering so much more. You know, at this point in my life where it's like, you know, I've done all the, you know, the cheap deals and things like that. But when it comes to your food, um, I'm just starting to look at it a lot differently, you know, like how I eat throughout the week. And like, if I do want to binge, I want it to be like a higher quality binge, you know, like either like a really good barbecue spot, like you're saying, like a good soul food spot, um, place that just like specializes in a certain, you know, type of, you know, meal or, you know, ethnic line of, uh, of, of like food items and stuff like i'm all for it but uh yeah man that just sounds uh terrible especially <laughs> with like applebee's is hosting or you know fridays or something like get out of here man get get, get, those, get those corporate entities that are just like cutting costs at every you know corner here now like probably laying off all sorts of 
middle management staff uh, for not hitting, uh, you know, their uh, their uh, quarterly marks, you know. So, anyways, uh, yeah, didn't want to end this final thought on a bitter note, but man, you might have got me there. What is what is your favorite? If you were to ha- like align like three uh, chicken wing restaurants, be like, hey, look, well, let's have like, uh, 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 you know, if you were to have a special birthday, right? And you were to pick three chicken wing uh, businesses to cater to your uh, your birthday, uh, what would those businesses be? Without even thinking about it, man, like don't even have to hesitate on this one. Buffalo Joe's, uh, Evanston area is my is my like day one, like suicide, extra sauce, extra jalapenos, a side of uh, waffle fries with chili and uh, merch, you know, cheddar on top, um, you know, maybe a beer on the side, like just, man, I've had so many good experiences. I've eaten, I've even split a party pan of a hundred wings with somebody before. So like I've gotten deep into that, into that game. So uh, that still sticks with me. The wing wing quality is like, a little dinkier than I would probably go for these days, but man, up there. Uh, second shout out in Chicago again, crisp um, Korean style wings. I mean, I I really love Korean food. I love you know the vibe of like um, just how it's usually like a soy and like kind of chili blend in the sauce where it's kind of going to give you that heat, but it's also going to have like those Asian flavors come through. Um, really high quality sides. Like I think that place is still you know, probably like, like establishing some pretty good game, uh, you know, especially in the wing space out in Chicago, um, very respectable. And I used to like just crave going there and grabbing wings, but, uh, finally, um, locally now, and, uh, I've never been to Buffalo, New York, and that's on my list of just like, you know, not for like a full vacation or something like that, but just, you know, I want to go there one time and just like watch a game, maybe like have somebody put me through a, through a table, like out in the mafia area, and then after that, just like hit up some of their classic wing spots. But um, I might have mentioned this on this show, but they have a place uh, out in Northern Virginia that's owned by a guy from Buffalo, a family from Buffalo, I should say, but uh, Jimmy's Old Town Tavern. But they have like the biggest, fattest wings um, that just come with like a really thick buffalo sauce that just like I can't I can't say I've had it anywhere else. Like I think they just have like a unique, you know, sauce that they put together, but it's just it's just such a, like a good wing. It's, it's like a game day type wing, but it's just a little fatter than what you may get at your typical, you know, pizza place or family place where they kind of short you on the wing. Maybe the sauce is good, but like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's definitely up there as well. Yeah. All those sound really good. Yeah. I've definitely been to the ones in Chicago for sure, but that one sounds amazing. Uh, just the origin of it and everything. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's also kind of crazy too. Cause it's like you get in there and you just feel like you're in Buffalo, New York. Like the the walls are just littered with bills, posters and memorabilia and stuff. And like, they always put on bills games. So like I've heard on Sundays, it's just packed out of the house and like tons of bills fans in that area. But no, I mean, just in general, like would love to at some point go to Buffalo. Um, maybe it's packaged with like a Toronto or something like that. But uh, yeah, I would definitely like to get some like traditional Buffalo style wings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, if uh, the Bears are ever playing up there, you know, uh, hop on, hop on board. Let's do a little trip here now. <laughs> you know, we could get something going, man. We could uh, bring ball and breakfast to Buffalo. Uh, maybe both of us go through a table or two separate tables and really like, you know, make make good uh, bonds there with the Bills fans. But uh, yeah. but yeah, man, uh, wings, barbecue, cereal infested pancakes. 
<laughs> NFL free agency. Uh, we will see where this all goes. Uh, we will have a resolution here at some point, probably, uh, probably in April. It, it may be in May if, uh, if it spills over past the draft. But uh, we'll keep this one on the big board and uh, get back to you. But, uh, Wayne, did you have any more uh, closing thoughts here? I mean, I think that's all. Yeah, I'm just really salivating right now. So I, I think it's best we stop talking otherwise. You know, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to create puddles here. So, <laughs> Well, it sounds pretty good. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh, please subscribe if you're on YouTube. Hit that like button. Give us a comment or two. Uh, get in our DMs. We love it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll shoot, you know, messages back and forth with you all. Um, if you're on audio as well, leave us a review. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Really, wherever you're at, uh, we'll be around. Uh, keep keep tabs on our Instagram too. We're spinning out stories and reels every day. Um, and with that, uh, I'm I'm Patrick alongside Wayne uh, for the Ball and Breakfast podcast. Mm-hmm.